Um, I am Aditya Obra, a full-time senior here pursuing my computer science and engineering degree in India. Um, I've been active in the tech communities and the hackathon space here in India for the last two years. Um, and I, I spend most of my time helping students, particularly as a Microsoft student ambassador through the Google Developer Student Clubs program, as a major league hacking coach, and more recently a 12 year champion as well. And personally, I feel that the hackathon space has been truly very special to me because everything amazing that I'm doing in tech today started off somewhere at a hackathon. Um, I built my first app at a hackathon. I used cloud for the first time at a hackathon. I used a database for the first time at a hackathon. <laughs> so it's, it's just that hackathons have been an amazing space, um, a very inclusive space, and one where I've been able to learn and grow a lot. And to be honest, I did not start off as a hacker in the hackathon space. I started as an organizer. I came in um, back in 2018 when my university had one of their first few tech fests. They were really trying out this concept. And during that particular tech fest that year, I believe it was the third edition was the first year. Uh, but that was the first time we did a 24-hour hackathon. So I really just started off as a volunteer because I, I was interested. And this was a time when I had no idea about tech communities, about how large and vast this world was. And I started off as a sponsorship coordinator. I had bring sponsors. Eventually, I went on to assist with hacker experience. And I feel this was one of the most amazing experiences that I'd ever had because I met 160 other people from all around, some from my university, some from beyond. And they were all there just to build their own, their own ideas and yeah. meet with people and have fun. So that's how I fell in love with the hackathon space. And I went on to organize more and actually get started hacking over the next year. My first hacking experiences actually happened uh, post the digital transition because some of the hackathons I was supposed to participate in actually got um, canceled because we had to transition to a digital phase from the in-person yeah. events. But that being said, um, I, I've had some wonderful experiences in this world um, and I, I can't wait to continue and keep hacking uh, till whenever <laughs> possible. What is the biggest difference for you between being an organizer and being a participant? I think considering that, you know, I've, I've done both, I feel it's really the perspective that I have of the hackathon that somewhat changes because as, as a participant, I'm trying to focus a lot more on my team's project, on our solution, on building the best project that we can, on working on an idea that can help most people. Because a lot of my hacks are primarily social focused rather than commercial. Mm -hmm. So so it's for us it's really about our team's project and how we get through with this with these 24 or 48 hours or whatever the duration is but as an organizer my focus really shifts from making sure that every single hacker is having a comfortable experience um, if they're able to comfortably build if they're able to learn if they're able to grow um, if they're able to connect with people and feel safe in that environment so it's, it's a very different perspective of the exact same thing and with, with that perspective, of course, responsibilities change. Because as a hacker, I'm trying to make sure that I'm working on solutions in an ethical manner. And similarly, you know, 
as as an organizer i'm not exactly working on a solution but really just assisting um, everyone there to make sure that they're able to achieve their aims yeah. and fulfill their purpose there at that event what's the most difficult thing about being an organizer the most difficult thing i believe sometimes um, it's it's ensuring that the impact you and i think it's probably the most important aspect and that is to ensure that the impact you intend to make the one with which you start the event doesn't get lost in the process because in 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 this entire transition what what happens is is that you know when when we're in an in person event it's it's easier for us to connect with everyone to collaborate with everyone because we're all there together at one spot but it's not the same in a digital world so it has affected how we're all collaborating and communicating uh, communicating and working and i mean we've all figured out better ways to do it over the last one and a half year but um, it's it's still an ongoing process and it's it's really just ensuring that the impact that we intend to make uh, we we want to make sure that our participants are able to understand and um, absorb that 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 impact and really just build forward keeping that in mind so sometimes it's it's really difficult to focus on that um but but you know if if we're able to get through with that it's truly a very beautiful experience for all of us i have had the fortune of having that go across fortunately i've yeah. not been in a position where <laughs> we failed to achieve that <laughs> but but it's it's definitely something that uh, takes a lot of effort and can at times be underestimated as well what was your introduction into major league hacking how did you discover major league hacking sure um it, it it was just a very lovely experience so back in 2019 um i believe it was october major league hacking launched their asia pacific league and they did so simultaneously at two events here in india mm-hmm. um lnm hacks and hack cbs now this was a point of time when i had recently joined in the microsoft student ambassadors program which is formerly known as the student partners and you know at the very same weekend as hack cbs we decided to have a meetup in in the same city that's new delhi that's the capital um, city here in india and since this was the launch event we had um christopher harrison vanessa diaz from microsoft in us i believe from the redmond office and we had mike swift join us who is the ceo and co-founder of major league hacking so we all had this lovely meet up here at hack cbs where we brainstormed on different activities that we could do for the community as student partners mm-hmm. and we had mike swift join us share his journey of how he got into hackathons and how he started major league hacking and that's really what captured me in the beginning so i kept an eye out carefully kept noticing what major league hacking was doing eventually a few months later i had an opportunity to organize an event affiliated with major league hacking so with major league hacking we have this activity called the local hack day which we hold thrice a year for to learn build and share so the share edition happens closer to the end of the academic year and i had the fortune of co-organizing local hack day share for my community that was the first major league hacking event that i organized and it was focused around practical learning helping people build um and celebrating all the work that they've done over this last year 
it, it's, it's just that this culture that Major League Hacking yeah. has been trying to create, which is so beginner-centric, so um, inclusive, that really caught me. So mm-hmm. even post this event, I tried to keep in touch. And Major League Hacking organizes their organizers conference every year. That's called HackCon. And I was selected as a speaker for the same as well. Yeah. So keeping mm-hmm. this entire collaboration going and continuing uh, was just a lovely experience. And in the, in the middle of this, I started hacking for the first time, which was again at a major league hacking event. So there we have this entire connect with major league hacking where I've been organizing, where I've been participating, I've been mentoring and speaking. And all of this led to uh, me applying to become a coach for major league hacking. And I went through the process, I got selected and I've just been working with them ever since. So that's a, that's a nice uh, flow for my journey here at major league hacking. Can you talk to us a little bit about being a coach, the responsibilities, the difficulties and challenges, and what you get from it? Absolutely. So as as coaches, we're, we're basically hackathon superheroes here at Major League Hacking, where we're, we're jumping in and helping out with all our major initiatives. So be it the hosted by MLH hackathons, we're all... We as coaches are out there uh, managing those, ensuring that the hackers have a comfortable experience. We're involved mentoring hackers there. We're involved um, making sure that the community is a safe place. Uh, Beyond that, whether we have any major conferences or events that Major League Hacking does, like the local Hack Days now, um, or, for example, Init or HackCon, we're involved as speakers. We're involved helping out backstage. When we have hackathons, um, student-led hackathons uh, get, become selected as member events at uh, for within the Major League Hacking hackathon season. Mm-hmm. We're all there involved assisting the organizers and uh, the hackers. So we're really just all-around uh, individuals focusing on all the different aspects of a hackathon, be it mentoring, be it organizing, be it speaking, and just making sure that all the hackers who are involved with Major League Hacking in any capacity have um, these great inclusive experiences that I fell in love with personally when I started off with this community. Yeah. What is the favorite, one of your favorite solutions that you've seen and what problem were they trying to solve? I, I think one of the best solutions that uh, I've seen as an organizer, I think that, yeah. I think that, that one I can talk about. So just very recently, I think a few months back, a few of my friends and I, we organized a hackathon here in India, which was also called Hackon. Slightly yeah. different spelling test in the conference, but um, yeah. And I, I feel one of the most wonderful solutions that I've ever seen came up there, which is called Manoble. So Manoble was a mental health-centric solution, which comprised of an AR buddy that you could actually interact with and the AR buddy was communicating with you in real time. So that, that was definitely a very cool solution that I saw come up in, over a weekend. Yeah. Um, beyond that, I, as, as a hacker, one of the best solutions I've seen um, beyond my own team uh, would, would be uh, during the Imagine Cup, which is one of Microsoft's largest um, hackathons that they organize over the year. Mm-hmm. It's again a student hackathon that goes over for quite a few months. And this was actually a, a, a project, a product that my one of my friends in their team came up with, which is called Rahi, which is again a mental health centric solution that 
helps people keep track of their mental state, find a community for, you know, to meet like-minded people. They host and organize activities um, which are focused around um, mental health and emotional health. And, you know, I, I feel that they've really, they went on from just starting off at a few of these hackathons and events and they've really developed it into this organization and a community that um, I have fallen in love with because if I ever feel that I'm in a position where I need to talk about my own problems and I need to, if, if I feel that, you know, if, even if it's not to talk about problems, but if I want to make sure that I'm able to track my own um, emotional health, it's it's been my go-to solution. And I think even beyond the community, if someone really needs professional help, they're also working and they've got um, medical assistance as well yeah. that they're providing. So that's, I think those two have been two of the most, the standout solutions that I've ever seen mm-hmm. um, in the hackathon world so far. What do you think the biggest challenges are for new hackers and how can they overcome those challenges? I think the biggest challenge that I've seen, and this is something that I have personally gone through as well, is that we often believe that we can't do the wonderful things that we actually can uh, before we start trying. it's, it's often a combination of lack of experience and a huge amount of imposter syndrome, which is something I've personally been through a lot. And I think a lot of the conversations I try to have with new hackers is around this aspect particularly as well, because we we often, you know, we I think there's, there's an impression that a lot of people carry that hands are for people who've got a lot of experience and who are experts, and that's not the case. And that entire impression ends up driving this imposter syndrome um, and then this this feeling that we can't actually build what we want to build on because we're not good enough. So it, that, that entire mental barrier tends to be the single biggest problem among new hackers. That's what I have seen. And I feel that sometimes it's just necessary. You know, for, for me, what helped was, was that when I started hacking, I did not go in just to win a prize. And I just went in because I wanted to learn and build. And I think that's an amazing aspect of hackathons that more than just for that prize, they're there for your growth. They're there to help you learn and push your limits and and experiment and collaborate. So I, I went in in my first hackathons as a hacker just to do that. And I, I feel I was able to figure that out a little quicker because I had had that exposure of an organizer. So mm-hmm. I'd seen people um, try that and and grow. So I was following um, the same path and it, it really worked out for me. That And, and this is one thing that I try to tell even experienced hackers is that when, when you know, as a hacker, if you go into a hackathon, it's, it's really nice to win a prize, but whether, you know, you win or you lose, a prize is not the best thing that you can come back with out of a hackathon. You know, when you go in there, you're going to learn, you're going to push your limits, you're going to experiment, you're going to grow. Yeah. So so that growth is, is something that's going to help you so much more in the long run. A prize is something that's, that's a token of appreciation for something you, that you do, but, but that growth is always going to be there with you. And if you keep working with that growth mindset, you're going to continue getting better at what you do at your trade, at your domain, 
and that that's something that's going to help you that entire mindset that you have you know that's focused on that growth is going to help you throughout your life so so that's really what i try to recommend to all our new hackers and um, and it's something that really worked out for me so i i think it's a good way to uh, move past this mental barrier i think that's a great philosophy to have is the philosophy new hackers should definitely begin to adopt and think about what are the most or what are what is the one or a couple of the most interesting hackathons you've either coached or participated in and it doesn't have to be limited to the traditional view of hackathons it could be a a, a makeathon it could be a designathon or editathon you know we have all these kind of uh fun type of things yeah yeah definitely so i i think a few of the hackathons that really kind of pop off the top of my head one is of course the imagine cup uh, the imagine cup is a hackathon but not i won't say it's traditional in the sense it doesn't happen over a weekend it goes over a few months uh, with multiple phases with a national round with a global round and it's heavily social impact focused i was a participant in imagine cup this year and uh, my team uh, we were national winners here in india in the education category and i feel this entire experience was highly educational because we're not just building a hack for the sake of building it we're trying to build solutions that can impact the world and then we're in in the middle of this process um, my team we were really able to make an impact because we we try to solve a problem that has been seen that has been seen in a lot of um, developing countries that see uh, computer science education gets hampered because a lot of people and a lot of institutions don't have access to computers so we try to skip the pc and try to work with uh, pen and paper mode and our mobile phones by just clicking a picture of code and taking it directly to your browser and compiling yeah. it in that direct so you know with with that solution we experimented and we learned and we grew so much and i i think the best part of that journey was that our solution was actually featured as an activity in the hour of code campaign as well yeah so and and code.org is doing some amazing work when it comes to computer science education i got my start in computer science and yeah. in programming because of code.org in the first edition of hour of code so i think that was one of the most special special hackathons that i've seen and even as i look back at the history of imagine cup the products that have won are have the have the potential to be some of the most impactful and disruptive solutions in whatever space they're entering so imagine cup is definitely a very special hackathon maybe beyond that yeah. with major league hacking of course we have some amazing amazing hackathons i had a ton of fun here organizing um, hackon which was a member event in our in the major league hacking season as well and uh, that again was social impact focused and our priority this time was to talk about your domains which have been impacted due to the entire ongoing pandemic so our primary themes here were mental health as well as diversity and inclusion along with covid-19 impact here in india because that was a time when we had the second day start so we tried to work with these themes yeah. and we ended up as a student led hackathon uh, achieving a registration total of over 8200 participants mm-hmm. so that was probably arguably what the largest student led hackathon in india if not the largest yeah i was going to mention about you you mentioned about the potential for disruption of a lot of the ideas coming out of 
the Imagine Cup or or different hackathons you participated or coached in or advised or judged. Can you talk a little bit about what happens after the hackathon and maybe what you think should happen, what does happen, and where people should set their expectations? With, with any of these ideas after the hackathon, I think it's important to decide what the priorities for these ideas are because a lot of these products now i've seen some of these at least from the imagine cup go into the real world become mm -hmm. startups today it may not happen a year within like the few months or just after the hackathon it may take a year or two but i've seen that happen so that that's always one way to take your idea forward yeah um but again it's very important to discuss those priorities because i think there are a lot of hackathons that i've gone into with my team where we kind of just go in because we want to take a break from the world and just build something and have fun. Yeah. And that kind of stops at the hackathon. But then there are some ideas where we've continued working on over multiple hackathons, reiterating with new platforms, building new features. Like with my team solution at, at Imagine Cup. It, it wasn't built just at Imagine Cup. It was built over a few months yeah. where we took it to different hackathons. We tried different technical stacks. And we actually rebuilt the app and in two ways. Our web platform started off as a VS Code extension. <laughs> I think that should give a nice um, uh, demo of what, how our journey has been. Yeah. And and it's, it's really on the team, on the hacker that builds these ideas. I feel that they shouldn't be obligated just to an audience. That's not something that I recommend because sometimes ideas are great and people are like, this should come out in the real world. And I, I love, you know, when an idea comes out like that, but um, continuously working on these ideas can take a huge toll on the person as well. Yeah. So I, I feel it's really on the teams to decide what they want to do after the hackathon. And mm -hmm. both of those decisions are okay, whether they want to continue it or whether they want to stop it. It's, it's totally on them. You you made so many interesting points, but you're you're talking like you are you you're a seasoned hacker, talking like a seasoned hacker, <laughs> and I love it. I I think setting expectations because especially if people win their first hackathon, they think oh I'm a step closer to having a unicorn company, and it's like maybe, but there's so many steps. This is a very 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 yeah. small step. I think I just want to add yeah. one thing um, that I forgot. Even if your hack doesn't win a hackathon, doesn't mean it can't be a great idea. Yeah. And if I talk about my solution from the Imagine Cup, we started off at the VS Code hackathon. We won. We went through three or four hackathons in the middle, but we won absolutely nothing. And that was okay. Someone else won. But we kept working at it. And then we eventually got back to Imagine Cup where we were national winners. So, yeah. Just because you don't win a hackathon also doesn't mean that your project and your product can't grow. But it's it's really on your own belief in your idea and your priorities for the future. Yeah. I think a, a question I kind of know the answer to, but would love your take. You mentioned about taking the same project to multiple mm -hmm. different hackathons. Obviously, that's what you did. Uh, would you recommend many other people to do it? And what's the way, what's the right way to do it? Do you keep the same team? Do you change the team? Can you talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So before taking your project to another hackathon, I think the first thing to check is whether the hackathon rules allow that. 
which is something we were very mindful of. Um, we, with my team, since I was working with the same team, I mean, I honestly recommend that if you know you're working and you're trying to build on top of a project, keep the same team, because what happens is is that in my team, for example, we had three people. I know that all three of us have had some contributions, and my team wanted to work together and continue working on it. So, you know, for me, it's just fair that we all should continue rather than just trying to change the team in the middle and thing because the moment that happens um and you know the project grows well it kind of also becomes unfair to one of my other team members you know who's not involved anymore and yeah. whatever the circumstances are i mean it's one thing if they're comfortable with it but i it's is this for me personally that i prefer keeping the same team if i'm trying to build on top of one project so team of course common it's a good idea to check whether a hackathon allows the same project, you know, because now we do have a lot of, a lot of hackathons that are encouraging that, you know, it's okay if you bring back an older project, but you need to show a tangible difference in what you've made, be it in new features that you've added, um, whether it's UI changes, whether it's um, a change in the infrastructure or the backend or what, what you've tried to do uh, during the duration of a hackathon should be, a tangible difference and it should be visible so with my hackathon for with my hackathon project for example as i mentioned we started off as a vs code extension mm -hmm. the next time we went over to another hackathon i believe that was garuda hacks which is one of indonesia's largest hackathons i believe that was where that's where it's from we tried an entirely different platform we tried a cross-platform app we tried samarin we tried to extract the code and we tried to take it to github for example yeah. That was what we were trying. And while we didn't succeed, it was a big difference because while the idea was common, we tried a totally new technical stack. So that was there. Um, another hackathon a little after, which was, I believe, one of the most by MLH hackathons. I can't remember exactly which one. We tried a web platform. We tried something using Flask. And I believe a bit of React. So, you know, we experimented there. And later on, we further refined our stack. The React stayed on as a component, but some of our backend features were eventually became .NET based, which is my primary stack. So we ended up re revising and revamping and just making these changes to our product, to the process. There was always a tangible difference in what had happened yeah. uh, during these hackathons. So, you know, be it a new feature, be it a a substantial change in your code base. Um, it, there should be some progress to the to the hack. I don't recommend just keeping a hack and then not doing anything about it and just submitting it at the hackathon. That's really not worth it because yeah. I feel that goes against the spirit of a hackathon. Hackathons are about building and learning. And mm -hmm. if you're able to do that with the same project, that's great. But don't just bring an old project and throw it in and do nothing about it during the weekend. That's honestly a waste of the opportunity in as as uh, per my beliefs yeah yeah i i think that is really interesting i i hear that a lot i i personally funny enough i haven't reused a project at a hackathon but it it makes total sense and i i am totally in favor of it i think one of the most difficult things at a hackathon is the team can you talk about what it takes to one put a good team together and two what's needed to keep keep a team together working on a project yeah um 
I think the team building is one of the most crucial aspects of um, any hackathon. I fortunately, in my at the VS Code hackathon, the team that I worked with, we really kind of hit the home run there. Yeah. Uh, but like at, at least as when I look at making a team, there are a few aspects that I try to make sure are there in the team. You know, there are some roles that I prefer being covered, mm-hmm. and this by roles I don't mean I need individual people for these. I just mean I need folks who can cover these. So if if I look at my formula for a hackathon team, I try to have one person who is a through and through developer. I try to keep uh, one person who tends to have experience with some form of emerging tech, be it machine learning or AI, be it cloud, be it blockchain, augmented reality, any of these, or anything beyond. Yeah. I've had friends who work with quantum computing and hackathons, so amazing world out there. <laughs> Then I try to keep someone with uh, with some with good design sensibilities, who's got a good understanding of how user experience uh, works. And then the fourth, uh, and this fourth role is, is is something that surprises people, and I feel it shouldn't always surprise people, but it often does. Um, and that is someone who can look at the big picture, and just talk about how. This this uh, the solution that you build is is made for the real world. How why it needs to be out there because with with every hackathon project, I don't just look at it as a piece of software. I try to look at it as a product, and any product is as useful or as viable as the audience it can impact. And it's necessary to have at least one person who can understand that side of your software because when you're planning your hack. It's only when all four of these come together that you you get a really complete plan that you can build on. And with my team, for example, you know we had three people there primarily, but two of us were developers. Um, one front end, I was a back end developer. There were two of us who were emerging tech people. I work with cloud, and one person who works with ML and AI. One person had good design sensibilities. And two of us were people who've worked with audiences, who've grown initiatives. So we understood how to work with the big picture. And because we had that sort of a team, which happened to be cohesive, because we were people who had collaborated in the past, just not on hands, but worked in community initiatives. So we knew each other, um, and we could work with each other. That was something that was tried and tested for us. Mm-hmm. So all of that came together in the form of a really good hackathon team. And we were able to continue working for months on that one idea, but if you know, if if that aspect of it isn't carefully done, the team building, teams don't sustain. And I've often seen that happen. It's it's always disappointing when a good team breaks up, but that does happen, and that's because somewhere along the way, even if you know the roles are covered, it's just that the team isn't a very cohesive unit. Yeah, and. That that's that's always something that is good to consider when the team is being built. So I mean that's that's really my formula to a good hackathon team. I've actually documented these to dos in a place as well. I can send over the yeah, link here. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it'll be great to post um, repost some of your content on on my blog. There, there's so much. I think hackathons really teaches you more than just about hackathons it teaches you about how to manage good teams how to participate in 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 teams how to work with other people 
I think most people should That's attend so hackathons, true. but this is why me and you are getting together and, and just sharing the stories. I think to finish up, have you got three final tips for either hackathon participants, coaches, mentor, mentors, judge, judges, you pick just three tips, three big things that people should take away? Sure. I, I think I can leave one for all of those. I can leave one for hackers, mentors, and organizers. I'm going to start off with organizers. Um, for, for the organizers, you know, when we start off with the journey of a hackathon, and it is a journey, it's it's not just a quick sort of yeah. sprint. It's, it's a nice journey of its own. Please make sure that the initial intention of your hackathon doesn't get lost in the process because far too many times we see hackathons and initiatives like these start off with really good intentions to help people and then totally change along the way into, yeah. you know, just about how big their numbers are. And whether you have 500 people or 5,000 or 50,000, it's, it's just that your priority should be to make sure that Whoever you have, you can create the best experience from. Whoever you're trying to support is able to grow and learn and excel after your initiative. That's that that in my belief should be the priority of every organizer. For any mentor here, when when you go out to help people, the intention should really be to help people. Far too many times, a mentor opportunity turns into just a branding opportunity for people. I've seen that happen. And while I'm not against personal branding at all, I love people who develop their brands in a good way, in a mindful way. But at the same time, it's important to understand that at that moment, you're there to help. And this is something that, I, again, I've seen in the past that's happened where, where mentors forget that they're there to help and it, it kind of changes into a branding opportunity for them. So be mindful of... When, when you join a hackathon, why do you join a hackathon? If you want a brand that's totally okay, there are a lot of opportunities to do that as well. Um, I myself have gone into opportunities at times where I'm trying to discuss the work I've already done and to, you know, just, just keep in mind and the personal brand that I have. And that's, that's totally all right. Mm -hmm. it's, it's good to do that as well, but make sure that when you're there to mentor, um, your priority is to help um, and assist Sometimes that means getting your hands dirty with the work and be ready for that. Mm -hmm. Because I promise you that if, if you do all of that work, the impact you can make on someone's lives is, is immense. Yeah. There, there have been times where I've seen people who I collaborated with a year, two years back, and I love the kind of work they're doing. And um, you can have that chance to be a part of their journeys. And I, I think the... It's, it's really the butterfly effect. It happens. It's real. So even if you can, you know, have that small part, make sure that you play that part in someone's journey and yeah. help them as best you can. And for the hackers, I think this is the most important tip I will ever give to any hacker. Please enjoy the experience. Yeah. Hackathons are truly beautiful events. You know, I haven't seen and these initiatives that in their essence, have such a positive impact on so many lives, at least in the technical space. Because yeah. you're there with all of these amazing participants and folks who, who they're just 
with the exact same uh, in mentality and that is just to learn and grow and experiment and meet with people and collaborate and i i think hackathons are such a positive impact on our lives um please make sure that you enjoy these experiences and relish them because some of the best friends that i've come out of today are people i met at hackathons yeah. even if i've not met them in person um i absolutely love these people i love this meeting e-meeting with them discussing chatting learning from them so make sure you enjoy these experiences it's you're you're never going to regret that um as long as you're alive yeah 